You ready? Yeah. Do 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 do. Pew. Welcome to the Hot Mess Success Podcast. Again in episode three. I'm Sapphire. I'm Zaxley. And today, today we're going to be talking about Sapphire Nicole Cervantes me. and everything that makes her her. Everything that makes her her. Me. For those of us that don't know, Saf, where did you grow up? Where are you from? What is what did Sapphire's early life look like? Okay. Well, hello, world. I'm Sapphire. I'm from Dallas, Texas, specifically Oak Cliff, Texas, the 214. Um, maybe I'll send my number one day since they're not making them anymore, so it'll be valuable. But, yeah, I'm from Oak Cliff, right outside of downtown Dallas. Uh, yeah, I was born and raised for a couple of years in Dallas, and yeah. Born and raised for a couple of years? Yeah. Were you born and raised there? Yeah, I was born and raised. <laughs> I was born and raised. Yeah, that there. wouldn't be a couple of years. That'd be yeah. like mm, closer to eighteen. No, I was born and raised there. I went to Woodrow Wilson High School, which, if you knew me in high school, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and um, that's in uh, Lake Lakewood. That's what it's called, Lakewood East Dallas, on the other side of downtown Dallas. Mm-hmm. So I was a wildcat. Go cats! Um, yeah, that. Yeah. What was your home life like? How was your relationship with, like, your mom and your dad growing up? My neighbors. <laughs> okay, well, obviously I said we've been through a lot of traumas before. So my childhood was actually very traumatic. And full disclaimer, there's all types of trigger warnings probably on this episode. But um, my childhood was basically engulfed with you know violence domestic violence specifically not toward me per se it's my mom and my dad and so that's kind of the household I grew up in it was very it was a very toxic household for a child um when I was let's see we finally my parents finally split up and got a divorce and separated when I was in the sixth grade, so kind of in the middle of my sixth grade year, which pretty pivotal year if you're a female because you start puberty. (laughs) So talk about how awkward that is. But in in the middle of my sixth grade year, uh, me, my mom, and my little brother left my, like, childhood home at, like, midnight to go live in a domestic violence shelter for six months. And that's where we stayed, and that's where I finished my um, sixth grade year. And my parents were separated ever since, really. Um, So I have two older brothers and one younger brother. My two older brothers are from a previous relationship from my parents, so they're half-brothers. And my younger brother is my full-blood brother. And so, really, in my household, I was kind of the older child. And so, when it came down to it, you know, I was the middleman for my parents, really, because my parents hated each other. They wouldn't talk to each other. And I'd say that put a strain on, like, me as a kid, and that put a strain on, like, my relationship 
with my parents for sure. And that put a strain so much so that my mom actually kicked me out of the house when I was like 16. So I lived on my own and basically finished, I guess, raising myself um, from then on. And I probably, I mean, I definitely did not do an amazing job at it. A 16-year-old probably isn't ready for that. But yeah, and that was kind of a core, I guess, like character development time in my life because I say, you know, I didn't really understand what life falling apart meant when I was younger. That's just kind of like the only thing I knew. Like I knew my parents fought a lot. Like I knew what, you know, domestic violence was, you know, because I had to, like, learn about it early age. You know, I was sexually assaulted as a kid, and so, like, I knew kind of the evils in life at a really early age. So I didn't really know anything different. Like, it wasn't like my life was falling apart. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, my life was hard as a kid. And so, like, the... Sh- I, it's like weird saying this because it feels like a quote like from a book or like a movie but like a struggle is like all I knew like I didn't know right. like I didn't know any like healthy relationship I didn't know what like truly being happy felt like I guess and so I was in a like constant state of struggle but I didn't know there was something different than that right so I thought that I was okay that makes sense like yeah. I thought I was normal and I think as a kid something I really wanted was like a relationship with my parents like a relationship with my mom where I could go to her and tell her about like a boy I like or you know a relationship with my mom where we could go shopping or you know a healthy relationship with my dad and I just didn't have it when I was a teenager at all the end <laughs> how is your relationship with your parents now um so it's like a complete 360 as an adult actually so um i'm really huh 180 what is it it's oh, 180 I mean, degrees <laughs> full life circle moment just kidding 180 that's what i meant you guys okay full 180 let's try that again it was a full 180 with my parents i so i've always been close to my dad because I mean, I said this before, but, like, you know, my dad was an alcoholic when I was a kid, and he is very toxic, and he he would even say that, you know, he wasn't the best person he needed to be in his marriage with my mother, which I don't even know how my parents were together because they're complete opposite people. But I can see myself more in my dad than I do my mom, which I love my mom, but um, we just get along better. Like, I could, I feel like I can talk to my dad about just about anything now than I could when I was younger. Um, for a long time, me and my dad had a very rocky relationship. Um, since my dad was very abusive to my mom, you know, there are instances, like, when I was a kid and I would put myself in front of my mom so he wouldn't physically hurt my mom because I knew he wasn't going to hurt me. 
And so that's where our relationship, like, as I got older, that's where our relationship started to get rocky. And then when I was a teenager, um, and I was trigger warning, total trigger warning, but when I was raped, my, which I'm totally complete, like, I'm totally comfortable talking about any day. Like, it's not, it's not weird for me to talk about, but um, my dad, we got into a huge fight, and he, when he found out, he blamed, you know, what happened to me on me for, like, the way I dressed, and, you know, as a teenager, that was really, really hard to hear, and so that's when I think I had a catalyst to become an alcoholic, but I wasn't a full-on alcoholic. I was just, I, I was just a kid trying to process their emotions and trying to process their feelings and didn't know how to. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say that's when my relationship with my dad started to get really rocky. But then in college, as I moved away and as I gave myself space for my family and I gave them space to kind of improve upon themselves, you know, we got to come together like in the end to where, you know, I do have a very good relationship with my dad. With my mom, I mean, it's just like, it's like time. There's just like time heals everything we just like I said time apart I learned to separate separate myself from my family in times where I really need to be separated from them and so now I do have a healthy relationship with my mom like uh, I wouldn't say I'm like super duper close with her even though I love her but like we're just very different people like we don't relate on many things and so yeah, I would say, like, my relationship with my parents is pretty solid now. Like, there's nothing wrong. And I think, you know, for most people, that's probably weird because of all the trauma I did go through when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. It's I've always wanted a relationship with them, so I think as an adult, it was something I tried to focus on. How do you think that your past like trauma and your experience like that how do you think that that shaped you in relationships whether it be romantic or friendships in college well let's see my relationship with men it's probably still pretty rocky I'd say to this day and I'm like very comfortable saying that because I do recognize that and I recognize that me and relationships is like hard because I I mean like you said I don't have a good example of it like but at least, like, you have your grandparents. Like, I have, I don't really have a good example of, like, a marriage. I didn't have anyone to, like, talk to me about it. And so I think for the longest time, because of, you know, the fact that I was sexually assaulted, the fact that, you know, domestic violence was so prominent in my life, the only thing that I correlated relationships with or to was, like, sex And so that's how I developed a majority of my relationships with men. And that's what I, how I thought like you were supposed to be in a relationship was your, like you were supposed to be basically a sexual being for the man. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, that was really detrimental to how I formed like romantic relationships. And in terms of like friendships, it's, it was very hard because I was kind of like the weird one, if that makes sense. Like, I think I was 
overly happy in like normal situations to make it seem like my, my life was okay to both like the outside world and to me. And there's a time in my life which now that I'm older and like I can, I, you know, I've been to college, I've, you know, been able to read like on what, how trauma, trauma affects our life. There was a period of time in my life where I would go to school as a kid and I would cry, like hysterically cry. And everyone would just get mad at me. But like I couldn't stop crying. And like now as an adult, I realized that was like one of my trauma responses. And like I was trying to ask for help. Like yeah, it happened in the second grade like really bad. And I had to move, like bounce around schools. And like no one asked me what was wrong. Like, they didn't send me to a counselor or anything. Everyone just thought I was the weird girl that cried. And then, like, I would sit there. I would cry so much that I'd throw up. And so my parents would just, I mean, my teachers would just send me to the principal's office. And then it stopped. And then it happened again in the sixth grade before my parents, like, before we moved to a domestic violence shelter. So before, like, things really escalated in my life. And everyone would just continuously get mad at me. And so I think, like, I had no way of coping with my emotions or how I felt or even figuring out, like, who I wanted to be friends with or, like, who I was. And so I didn't really develop friendships because I couldn't, in a sense, because everyone thought I was weird. Everyone, like bullied me but I want to fit in like so bad and so I would do anything to fit in and that's why in high school again like being like overly hypersexual hypersexual yeah being hypersexual was like a big deal because it felt like people liked me then right if that makes sense like it felt like people liked me and so I kept doing it yeah yeah how do you think that like your sexuality and hypersexual your hypersexuality was brought into high school especially in a place like Stillwater Oklahoma oh into college you mean what did I say high school I meant college I'm sorry how do you feel like you expressing your sexuality and your femininity was influenced in Stillwater um well I think my sexuality is something I've always tried to claim for myself growing up because I was introduced to it at such a young age, but I didn't know what it was exactly. Like, and so I think figuring out myself through that was something I always tried to do. And uh, when I got to college, I mean, nothing really was different. I mean, for me and how I've always thought about it was like college was a clean slate College is for me to figure out what I want to do with my life. College is for me to, like, figure out who I want to be. And so that means I'm going to mess up. That means, like, I'm going to, you know, mess up plenty of times, but then I'm going to learn from it, and I'm going to learn who I want to be. And so, like, definitely when I got to college, and I, like, it wasn't weird for me to get a lot of attention from boys. Mm-hmm. But it was also, like, the most attention from boys I've ever gotten in my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I realized how to handle that. But I also liked it. 
you know, I also liked getting the attention, and I was like, oh, like, these boys like me, let me see if I like these boys, and one way if I, like, one way to do that is to have sex with them, because I believe that it's something that is, like, compatibility, all to do with your compatibility, and so, I don't know, I think, I think how it was different for me was that I was just completely comfortable with sex to a point because I had so much experience with it at that time in my life that it was kind of freeing for me. And so, like, I don't know if... (laughs) I don't know if Stillwater ever experienced that before. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of jarring to a majority of the community because... I was very comfortable with, you know, liking sex because for a long time, you know, it was a negative thing in my life that, you know, as you get older, it's like, I'm a woman, like, women can like sex too, and, like, I loved how confident the women who were sexualized were viewed, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, everyone shits on the Kardashians, but, like, how confident, like, they are. And Kim Kardashian's, like, one of the most sexualized human beings now. Like, you know I adore, like, Nicki Minaj and, like, Cardi B and just, like, their confidence and the confidence they exuded just was so appealing to me. And I loved that. And so that's what I, like, strive to, like, keep up was that level of confidence in, like, myself. And... I just think that it rubbed people the wrong way at the time because they didn't know how to handle it. Did that ever bother you? Um, I mean, on the outside, no. I think on the outside, I really tried to make it seem like no one bothered me. Like, I didn't really care what other people thought of me, which really I did. I think I did a pretty good job of. But I would say, like, on the inside, of course it bothered me because... Obviously, being, like, a sexual being got me into a lot of trouble. And you know this because it got me into trouble in terms of, like, men. Because, like, not only, you know, was I... I was sexual with the wrong men. Yeah. And, you know, I was definitely, like, used a lot in my, like, younger college... Like, probably majority of my college life. But... So, obviously, it it upset me, and, like, obviously, it did hurt me, like, deep inside, and I think that it only came out any time that I had no control of it coming out, which, when I was drunk. And so, I think that's the only time that people ever really got to see that, and, I don't know, I don't think people realize exactly how much it impacted me, because I feel like when I was going through college and when I was kind of messing up and figuring everything out, I was such a target for everyone. Like, I was the person that everyone talked about. And like I said before, like, I'm no sense of a celebrity, like, at all. Like, not even close to a celebrity. But I feel like my life was just on full display for everyone to criticize and critique. And they did any chance they got to. Which I didn't even find myself that interesting. So I, I think it was very confusing to me. 
and it was very confusing in terms of how I made relationships and got friendships at the time. The professor's funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just like that from the first one because I feel like that put it into perspective. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, I mean, I won't knock who I was in college. Like, I, I really did find myself, like, there was a lot of low points, there were a lot of high points, but, you know, I, with all the mistakes I made, I did find myself, but through, you know, through that journey, like I said, everyone just felt the need to always comment on how I acted, how I dressed, or who I was, you know, how I looked, and it went even to the point of, like, my professors telling people what not to do and using me as an example. So, obviously, that's going to hurt, like, anyone, I think. I think that's going to hurt anyone. But I don't think people realize to what extent they actually hurt me. Because I think everyone, if you go to college, majority of the time, especially if you're in Greek life, you're privileged. You have a privilege. And, like, I will... You know, I put myself through college, and I got through college, and, like, now I'm having to pay an immense amount of debt because of it, and, you know, I put myself into a sorority, which I never should have done, but people don't actually realize how much privilege they have, and I think in that, you kind of, there's an ego that comes with it that college kind of builds upon, and so when people like me like come through i don't think people realize the difference if that makes sense and they they don't realize you know the type of impact they can make and that goes like to adults too and like that's a big reason why like i won't speak on like what sorority and everything because like i can't say it was just kids in college that were so mean to me it was up to an adult level mm-hmm. to people making the rules and people yep. who say they had you know the best intentions for me who actually never did right and that goes from greek life to even like the whole college itself which i, I love my like, college and i feel like professional life as right well, to it's an extent. very much so professional life and like i said i love my college i love my college life like I had a great time. I mean, made some great friends. And, you know, I had, like everyone, I had bad boyfriends. <laughs> Maybe they were terrible boyfriends. <laughs> you know, we'll get to it one day. But I also had, you know, one really good boyfriend in that time span that, right. like, made me grow a lot and made me experience, like, the good sides of relationship mm-hmm. that, like, now I can base relationships to off of right. moving forward so like i don't like college sapphire went through a lot childhood sapphire went through a lot right but like now it's made me so much more of a person like it's made me more whole in a way right because i wouldn't say i have any regrets at all <laughs> we had some really fun times in college so, like, no regrets. It's just, I think a lot of people listening to, the, listening to this podcast probably have scrutinized my life, probably have looked at me and laughed at me and probably have looked at me and called me 
every single name they could probably call me because of the way I dress, because of the way I act, because of the way I shake my ass. <laughs> <laughs> True. But, like, yes, it did affect me, and I hope that doesn't give them, like, a sense of power over me because, like, they didn't really have any power over me in college. Right. Because I still did what I wanted to do. However, it does impact people, and I hope that, like, you know, if they have kids one day, they realize that hopefully they don't do that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if they do go through something like that or if they're trying to find themselves sexually now, like, hey, that's okay. Right. Like, it doesn't matter what other people think in the long run because, I mean, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> Be here. So then uh, you said that, like, you really only felt, like, the sense of, I guess, back to your childhood, like, you felt like it was your, you really only had a sense of, like, chaos and, like, struggle. Right. Do you feel like you have gotten a taste of life now that doesn't involve struggle? Like, do you feel like you've gotten out of that or a time that you felt at peace yet where you, like, you're you're still, or do you feel like you're still working toward that? You know, that's a really good question because I really haven't. And it's not saying that, like, I'm not, like, happy. Like, I do have happy happy moments in my life. Right. But, like, right now, obviously, we don't know what we're doing. And I don't know what I'm doing with, like, my professional life because I don't think I want to work in TV anymore because there's no stability. Right. Because, you know, I can't afford to continue to work in TV because I have the debt to pay from college. Like... I don't have, you know, I wouldn't say it's necessarily chaos now. I wouldn't say my life is absolute chaos now. Right. There's some stability because it's just like me. My dogs, I have two dogs. They're pretty chaotic. But, you know, it is just me. But it's hard to build an adult life when you're constantly penny-pinching or you're constantly worrying about, you know, work you're constantly worrying about you know having how to balance a social life sleep and you know work life you know it's hard which we will be talking about exactly exactly (laughs) but it's hard to do all of that and obviously money does not buy happiness by any means but you know you want to be able to feel secure Mm -hmm. a little bit and there's no possible way for me to do that on my own with, like, this career path that i chosen. And, you know, when I've been in it, it has been fun. Like, I've had some fun times, and I have met some great people, and I've had some really great moments, like, i.e. going to the World Series and right. being in the locker room with everyone when they won, but, like, when people didn't see behind the scenes, like, I posted a picture on Twitter, and I posted a picture on Instagram, and I'm sure, like, they see, like, oh, wow, like, she was at the World Series. She's covering the World Series. That's right. so awesome. But... What they don't see is I was driving back and forth from Beaumont every day to be there for game three, four, five, six, right. you know. And editing. And editing there and going live there and having guys hump on my leg while going live there. And, you know, I was doing all the work by myself. Mm-hmm. And that's tolling. And that's my life all the time. Like, it's not. That's my life every once in a while. Right. No, that's my life all the time. And really, the World Series was the easy part because that's professional. Like, I cover high schools. 
high schoolers mm -hmm. where you don't know anything about them. Like, you have to figure it out yourself. And so, like, that, it's a grind. It's definitely a constant grind. I do have a respect for everyone that, like, wants to stay in it. Like, I respect my boss who, like, has done it for, like, 20 years. Mm -hmm. But for me and my mental health and for where I am in life, like, that's not what I want anymore. Right. Like, I don't want to have to hustle. I don't want to have to struggle because I'm, I'm tired of the struggle. I'm, and right. then, like, I will still hustle, obviously. Like, I'm still very passionate toward, like, what I want to do next with my life. But, like, I'm just tired. Right. <laughs> like, yes. I'm tired of always having to, like, fight for something, which, I mean, obviously I haven't, like, given up or anything like that. I don't right. I that to be the perception, but I just... It's like, like you're constantly climbing a ladder that doesn't end. Right, exactly. And I don't, with this career particularly, like I don't see the benefits in our long run. Right. And so that's why I'm changing it up. I'm trying to focus on like stability for, you know, myself and my future. Mm -hmm. Because I think like one day I would like to, you know, be able to have kids right. and be able to have a family. And I don't want them to be feel like they're living in chaos right and they don't have stability because i think that's a big trend in my life is i i want to feel stable i want to feel secure secure because that's something i've never felt and so that's something i think i'm constantly searching for right so then what do you want people to learn from this podcast from you um, I'd like people to know, let's see. Well, one, I know I, it sounded like really bad that I was talking about how like sexual I was. And listen, I like, I was part of the party scene. And I loved the party scene. Like I, I thrived in the party scene. I still probably thrive in the party scene any given day. Like I loved an elevated surface sapphire as much as I do a gym girly sapphire. Like that just feel she feels like she's in her moment like that poll at murphy's everyone could call me a stripper i don't care but that poll at murphy's was my end all be all like no one else existed like, it was just me and i love dancing and i love you know shaking ass and so like i love really good at pole dancing people also don't realize how hard it is it like is really, really and it truly is really really hard so respect to those girls but like I have had so many fun moments in life. I don't want it to be just, like, depressing. Like, right. it's totally not depressing. Listen, like, college was a very hard time for me. Not depressing at all. I do not have any regrets. Like I said, I have done everything. Like, every single spring break trip you could take. I've been backstage at rap concerts. I have gone to New Orleans so many times. Like, I have lived a definitely, like, full social life if that makes sense. Like, I have experienced a lot, and I'm very grateful for that, and I don't think I'd ever give that up for anything. Like, they definitely lived life with zero regrets. It's just, like, there are things surrounding it that, like, probably didn't help make me live my life to the fullest or hindered me right. a little bit. And, you know, my life has been just <laughs> surrounded by trauma. Like, for so many years mm -hmm. but also I am still like I'm still kicking I'm still alive I still am searching for like my next dream it's not like I feel hopeless like 
you know, I have healthy relationships. I form healthy relationships. It's not, you know, I'm not, uh, um, like, I'm not just, like, some random statistic. Statistic. There we go. Like, you know, I do have a life, and I think that's what I want people to know, that, like, yes, trauma's going to be there, and trauma's going to help shape, like, who you are, and it's going to help. Those are your key, like, character development moments. But it's also, like, how you handle that trauma and what you, like, let it do to you. And... Like, the resilience aspect. Right. Exactly. Because, like, yes, I've hit rock bottom, like, a lot of times. And I probably will hit rock bottom again. Like, it's just kind of part of life. A lot of peaks and valleys. But, like, I keep climbing. Like, I'm still there. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still, I'm still going. So I... I think that's something that people need to know is that like there is another end to your journey. Like there's a beginning and an end to every journey, but like it's also like life's a cycle and it just keeps going. Right. Your life is going to keep going and it's just kind of living with it and embracing it. Right. And finding the good, the little goods that keep you going. The little goods that keep you going. Yeah. Like, please don't think I'm, like, some depressed, like, I'm not. Like, I... Both of us, for that matter. I go through, like, I do have, like, anxiety moments, and I do have panic attack moments, just like everyone else in the world. But I'm not, like, depressed or anything. Like, I get stressed. I get very stressed, and that's... You can see that any day, but, like... I proudly hang the shine that says don't be moody, shake your booty in my house because, like, I will shake ass at any given moment, like, to anything. And, like, I have a good time doing it. Like, I will go out and I will drink tequila like it's water. Like, truth. I'm not scared of, like, the party life because of positions it's put me in. I'm not scared of, you know, my sexuality because of positions it's put me in. I live a full life. But, like, yes, things have happened to me where you would probably think, "Mm, maybe not. (laughs) Right. Like, I wouldn't want to have her life, but, like, I wouldn't want to give any of you my life. But, you know, I still am happy. Like, I still have a great time. I have the best of friends, the best of dogs, sometimes the best of boyfriends. (laughs) Depends on the day. (laughs) And, you know, I have a good time doing it. Right. So, I don't want people to think that I'm just sad. I'm not sad. At all. Sometimes I'm sad. Sometimes. Sometimes I do cry. Sometimes everybody gotta cry. Big girls do cry. Bad bitches have bad days, too. (laughs) That's my... Megan the Stallion, baby. Well, with that, would you like to sign us off? All right. Well, that's episode three. That means we've done three weeks of podcasts. Wow. That's impressive. Almost a full month. I guess. Well, end of episode three, so we'll see you guys next week mm-hmm. on the Hot Mess Success Podcast. I'm Sapphire. I'm Zaxley. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.